Wow, guys. Costa is actually giving me the mic to start. He's actually staying silent. <laughs> well, uh, I'm just going to stay silent for a while, make you feel like something's wrong. <laughs> he's not going to talk. I get it super awkward in here. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to give you I'm gonna, a little pat on the back here. Right? Me? I'm going to do it. A uh, pat or a knife? <laughs> well, it depends. <laughs> so, so guys, um, Costa had come up with this, uh, what I think is a, a really cool idea, that every week we, uh, we would talk about the upcoming Sunday's Gospel. Uh, and I think that that's, uh, that's going to be really cool. It's going to be a nice yeah. little journey that... Uh, one, I could possibly, if he does come up with a good insight, I could steal it and use it for my own homilies on Sunday. Except I'm going to sit there at Mass just like looking at you with like... And judging me. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> saying, why aren't you saying it this way? <laughs> I said it better. Let me, let me write out some <laughs> <Yeah>. notes for you. <laughs> That's right. One day I'm going to call his bluff. And when I see him sitting down in the congregation, I'm just going to call him up and say, hey, can you just take it from here? <laughs> and I just want to see him stutter. <laughs> that probably would happen, too. So how about this? Why don't we start? Uh, we're, we're going to be approaching the first Sunday in, in Lent. And so it's going to be from uh, the first chapter of Mark. And so let me just read the gospel and we'll take it from there. The Spirit drove Jesus out into the desert, and he remained in the desert for 40 days, tempted by Satan. He was among wild beasts, and the angels ministered to him. After John had been arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. There's so much happening in this gospel, and, and Mark in, is in particular um, abridging it because he goes into the desert where Luke and Matthew talk about the, sp the three specific temptations, yeah. and they're the same for Mark and Luke. The order is different, but they're the same temptations, and, and Mark is particularly short here. Yeah, Mark's brief. And it, <laughs> he, he's cutting right to the point, and, and to Mark's you know, on his behalf, like Jerusalem was burning, they were tearing down the temple. I, you know, I kind of get that. Um, but it's really interesting how he's moving from from that baptism, then then to um, to the temptations, and then and I didn't notice it until you just read it just now. Is is John the Baptist arrest arrested? You yeah, know, Jesus's cousin. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot going on here. Yeah. Um, and then at the end, we get the first words of Jesus' public ministry. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, the time of fulfillment is at hand. Right. You know, repent and believe in the gospel. Right. Um, and so, what I one of the, th the the theme that I want to uh, connect and 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 hopefully we'll be able to uh, articulate with each passing week, which we both know that that is very difficult for me at times. I get lost in a stream of consciousness, and it's like, what, what in the world is he saying? <laughs> but I would really like to take up the, the challenge this particular Lent to focus on a specific point in the Mass and relate it to each gospel uh, this, uh, of, the, of this season of Lent. 
I want to speak about, and I want us to meditate on this moment in the Mass, and I'm going to refer to it back in, uh, over and over again throughout the six or seven weeks here of Lent, and that is the fraction rite. And the, for those of you who might not be aware of what the fraction rite is, the fraction Which was me rite, 10 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, I had, to, I had to school him on this. Yeah. Uh, but the fraction rite is that moment at Mass where the priest breaks, fractures the host that was elevated uh, just a few minutes beforehand. And, um, and then we do the Lamb of God. And, and then the priest will elevate the, the broken host, the, the broken Lord, for all to be revealed. And, and that's when we say, behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Happy are those to be called you know, at the supper. And so I, I think this is very important, and, and, I, and I hope that what I'm about to say is hopefully a deeper insight into the how, how we receive Holy Communion. When we see the broken host, that the fractured host that the priest elevates at the Mass, we see the, our broken Lord who is so willing and desirous to consume and transform our brokenness. That like what Jesus did 2,000 years ago by extending himself time and time again to heal people's brokenness and wounds, he still does today. But he, he wants to do it in this visible sign of the breaking of the host, of the breaking of his body at the Mass. And at that moment, we should never come empty-handed. We should come at that moment when we see the broken host with our hearts filled with our own brokenness or our hands filled with our own brokenness, asking Jesus to heal it. And he does through the avenue of his own brokenness. See, him being broken on the cross for us becomes this transfiguring moment for each and every one of us, this transcendent moment for you and I, where now, as God, he is acting in this moment when we receive Holy Communion uh, to, uh, to allow ourselves to get lost in his brokenness, in, in the healing power of his broken body. Because it's there we find the healing for our own brokenness. In, in the Gospel, it says, The Spirit drove Jesus out into the desert. And he remained in the desert for 40 days, tempted by Satan. Now, here's the thing. Mark talks about how Jesus was tempted by, by Satan in the desert. That every, every particular temptation that humanity has undergone from the devil, from Satan himself, that's exactly what is taking place here uh, by our, by, like in this moment in our Lord's life. But he does not fail. He does not give in to these temptations. He remains true and perfect through them. And so when we experience at the Mass our Lord's broken body, willingly broken body for us, love pours forth in that brokenness. And that, that very love in the broken, fractured host that we receive becomes the very ointment and the very medicine for our brokenness 
Now, does that mean we all are healed instantly, instantaneously at that moment? No. But Jesus heals what needs to be healed at that moment. I think it's one of the things, two of the things you make me think of as, as you were saying that. I'm afraid I'm going to get through the first one, and when I get to the end, I remember the second thing I had to say. But the the interesting thing about the temptations as it relates to how you put it is that our society would tell us today that you give in to those temptations, that's how you get wholeness. Right. And I'm saying society is saying it today. Society has said this for a few thousand years. That's right. Mm-hmm. The It's the opposite way of, of what the church is calling us to do. That fulfillment will be found in, in things you could buy or places you can go or things that you could have, whatever the, the thing is, the otherness. But the the idea that the resisting of the temptations is the thing that's going to to bring us that that wholeness and the suffering is a very interesting concept and what i was thinking of for people whose suffering is more prevalent let's take the exterior suffering suffering from somebody who's sick maybe they themselves have a physical illness a mental illness it could be a suffering from food deprivation, food insecurity, um, a fear of survival, a very, very tangible suffering. Perhaps the appeal of that cross, perhaps the appeal of the breaking is even greater. And and what I'm getting to is I think so many uh, suffer in silence where they don't even know they're suffering because there's 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 um, a sense that something's off, but there's none of those other physical things that I was just talking about. Does that make any yeah. sense at all? And yeah. and it's almost as if Jesus, through that breaking, is offering, I hesitate to use this phrase because it makes it seem trite, and I'm not trying to be trite, but almost like Jesus is offering his first aid kit and said, no, 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 we don't need that. Right. We don't need that first aid kit because we're not bleeding. Why would I need a Band-Aid? But there's something interiorly wrong with us. That's Yeah, D- uh, Dan Berrigan um, is a Protestant uh, uh, preacher um, that, that lived in New York City. And, and he would say, as a Protestant, not even as a Catholic, so as a Protestant, they don't believe what we believe as far body as of Christ. the body of Christ. Yeah. And when he would say, when he would go through that particular fraction, right, like this, that broken piece, he said, when he, when the sound of the bread broke, mm-hmm. he could hear all of the brokenness of all humanity. Interesting. Wow. You know, mm-hmm. and so like, yeah, the 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 breaking of you know, our our Lord is allowing Himself to be broken to consume, not just our individual but the entire world's brokenness yeah. to heal it that's so hard to fathom isn't it oh my goodness you know it's because brokenness in so many different ways yeah and like you were saying you know that brokenness can, in that silent that that psychological emotional trauma yeah. and we can make the argument that that's even more painful yeah uh, than any physical because you're not attempting to fix it you just think this is the norm right yeah yeah uh, but but there's a there's a hint in the gospel there um, that I think leads to something very important to help us understand and allow our our brokenness to unite to our Lord's brokenness for for a substantial mm-hmm. healing, and I think that comes at the very end of the gospel, 
when Jesus says, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent. Repent. And believe in the gospel. Yeah, and that is, we're in this, this penitential season of Lent, and, and that's what caught my eye in, in Peter's letter, and um, so many of the letters that we read, the, the epistles uh, in Mass are, are by Paul, and um, the, this uh, struck me in, in, in Peter's language here. I, I do have to make an aside, too. Um, Father Dave, you and I in, in the past have been talking about The Chosen a lot, that, that yeah. series that's on. Mm-hmm. And now when I read Peter's letter, I'm, I'm thinking of the actor reading this. Yeah. You know, it's we like really that should guy. probably get a cut, too, from that, because we've really been like pushing that hardcore. Dallas Jenkins, are you listening? He's the producer. I, <laughs> we would like some of this money. Um, Which apparently they don't make because it all goes back into the production. <laughs> Don Christians. <laughs> um, but I, I do, I do think him. He's such a, a charismatic character, someone you could relate to. But anyway, I'm, I'm off topic already. But there's a line in his letter, um, and he, he's talking about uh, he's talking about repentance um, and, and through baptism. Right, and that's the thing that Jesus had yes. come from in in Mark's gospel today, and also in Luke and, and, and Matthew as well. But um, but it, Peter says it is not a removal of dirt from the body, but an appeal to God for a clear conscience. And so much of the time, I think that is the thing that we're looking for. We want that clear conscience. Sometimes don't even know how to go about it. And what what an awesome ability we have, as difficult as it can be, to go to reconciliation. Yeah, you know, within to to clear to clear that conscience. I saw something recently. Um, somebody was making the argument. I read this. I don't remember where it was. Somebody was making the argument of, if I'm going to go to reconciliation, I'm going to go to confession, but then I'm going to kind of be called back um, and and give into the temptation and do that sin again. Well, what's the purpose? And the person responded by saying that, um, well, you wash your clothes every time. You know, you're gonna you're gonna get those dirty again, but you still wash your clothes. You wouldn't want to be around me if I didn't wash my clothes. <laughs> but that appeal for the I, I love the way Paul puts that, and it's just so clear too. Um, mm-hmm. He's using the word clear, but it's such a, a vivid example. But the appeal um, to God for a clear conscience. But the next line through the resurrection of Jesus, yeah. right? And that resurrection doesn't occur if the body is not broken. That 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 yeah. right you're talking about in to start with, so yeah. it it kind of comes, um, it kind of comes full circle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and let's just think about that for for a split second, right? You know, Peter, can you just read that that line there about a clear conscience? It is not a removal of dirt from the body, but an appeal to God for a clear conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of the God. Yeah, and let's just think about that for, you know, theologically, it's beautiful, mm-hmm. right? But let's just take it on a personal level. Peter screwed up. Oh, my God. Right? Yeah. He denied our Lord. And mm-hmm. so he doesn't have a clear conscience. Yeah. The guilt that he carried yeah. is still with him right. until the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. because it's not until they're on the seashore in Galilee right. w- w- with the resurrected Lord where Jesus says, Peter, mm-hmm. do you love me? Yep. Do you love me? Do you love me? And it's there we understand that, that Peter is, you know, receives, you could say, confession, is receiving forgiveness yep. receives forgiveness for his transgression there of denial and whatever that resurrection experience was like for Peter or any of the other people that that were with Jesus it caused Peter to go to his death for it 
Yeah. It was that real. Yeah, but that, not, that wasn't a dream. That confession, you yeah. know, that that repentance yeah. brought about the clear conscience. Yeah. And how many people do you and I know, mm-hmm. or even ourselves, like that when we have when we have guilt and shame and there are sins that weigh us down and we don't think that we could possibly be forgiven for them. Sure. Like it does not give us a clear conscience and we're not completely uh, present and available to people in our lives because interiorly mm-hmm. there are things that are weighing us down. Right. You know? And so ca- confession is that beautiful part where conf- con- the confessional and the mass come together in that broken moment between Jesus and us where, where his brokenness and our brokenness comes together uh, at the mass but then that can give us the grace to go to confession or vice versa, where we go to confession and then are able and confess those sins and allow the mercy of his love to penetrate our heart, to heal those wounds, you know. And it's through that I think we often have the experience of feeling more human. Oh, my goodness, yeah, Yeah. completely. Like I'm part of this this plan, you know, I'm part of plan, God's plan for me, but I'm also more part of of those who are around me, yeah. you know, uh, an identification, which is a, an amazing, amazing thing, because most of the time we look for that connection by by moving away from God. Never, not always, uh, with the intent of doing it, but it's it's that hard step to to resist the temptations, as we were talking about earlier, or going to confession. It really does make us get the thing that we wanted in the first place yeah you know and and you know like too i'm just going to relate this to just another uh another image of a relationship Mm -hmm. and and it's just when when a couple is getting to know each other right you're dating this person you you're you like you really like this person but then there's like this change like eventually something gets thrown out in a conversation a moment to trust and it could be something heavy. It can be a particular person's brokenness. Mm-hmm. And there's that moment where you could either run away. It'll it'll either scare that brokenness will either scare you about that one, or it'll draw you closer in. Yeah. And 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 want and want to share more and want to heal that. And that's when you know you got a real relationship on your hands. And that love is building. That it's not yeah. just infatuation or something different. Right. Yeah. Like the brokenness in a real relationship, or mm-hmm. r- in a real friendship, a real relationship, yeah. has this ability to bring people together. Mm-hmm. That is the same thing that takes place with our Lord. And so when he says, repent and believe in the gospel, when he's asking for us to repent, and he's asking for the ability to shower us with his love in the confessional, right? To heal those wounds, to, 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 for us to open the door of that brokenness and let him in. Then when we go to the mass and his brokenness in, in his resurrected body meets our brokenness, there's this beautiful, intimate bonding that mm-hmm. takes place between our creator Yeah. And us, but the the idea is to recognize our brokenness first. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. Right, and, exactly. And, and well, and here's the thing too: is that 
is that we bring that initial brokenness, but we don't know how many layers of brokenness we have. So our Lord is doing this beautiful job for us in healing that first layer, yeah. but then helping us to understand that we have so many other things that we got to work on. Yeah. Because we're so complex. And we're so focused on others' brokenness, too. Exactly. It's much easier to identify someone else's problems Guys, than ours. and you know this, too, man. It is so easy to pick apart Costa's brokenness. <laughs> I don't really want to focus on my own. It's so much easier to just throw him under the bus. And that's usually what happens here at St. John's on a daily basis. <laughs> so I'm somewhat used to it. I'm really kind of hoping that on Judgment Day for Costa, when he's on the You're hot there. seat with our Lord, that I can just be like right next to our Lord going, hey, can we focus on this part? <laughs> <laughs> if that happens, first of all, that's a heresy. <laughs> Just for the listeners are clear, the, the priest part of this duo is spouting a her- heresy. But I w- if that you, did it's happen... a great image, though. <laughs> <laughs> I would actually laugh if that was the case. <laughs> and you know, the sad part is, is you wouldn't know if you had an enemy or a friend at that moment. That's true. I wouldn't. Yeah. Does that mean you're going first? <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> On that note... On that note, guys, we hope that this can be helpful, beneficial for you. Um, we'd really love to hear your feedback on it. Um, uh, this is just a journey that that Costa and I really would like to take with you um, mm-hmm. to just meditate for a couple of days prior to Sunday's gospel. Maybe just as another tool for Lent to just sure. kind of, you know, chew on the Word of God uh, on, a, on a small insight there. Yeah. Uh, leading up to that beautiful moment at Mass. So we'll uh, we'll start working on next week's. Yeah. All right, guys. God bless. Take care.